All right, Bitcoin accumulation country. It's your host, Coin Icarus. This is the Fun with Bitcoin podcast sponsored by Crypto Cloaks 3D Printing. Go check them out, CryptoCloaks.com for all your 3D printing needs and Swan Bitcoin for your dollar cost averaging and stacking sats needs. All right. I hope everybody's having a great week. I've got a really great show. Sat down with Durgigi and talked about the mental fuckery that goes on when we are in Bitcoin and the essentially the ways that we can fool ourselves. And, um, you know, we're going to talk even a little bit about, you know, depression and stuff like that. Um, so it's, it's a really interesting show. And look, I'm not going to waste any more of your time. All right. Here is my awesome conversation with the author of The 21 Lessons himself, Durgigi. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for joining me on the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. Joining me today is a repeat guest. Um, he is the author of 21 Lessons and currently also engineer at Swan Bitcoin. I am talking about Durgigi. Um, how's it going, my friend? Hey, kind of Chris. Um, thanks, thanks for having me. Like, it's it's always fun, and I, <laughs> I'm doing well. I I hope you are too. Oh, I am, man. I am. And and before we before we dive into it, because we're going to talk about some serious stuff. But before we dive into it, I just wanted to say that CSW is a fucking fraud, and he is not oh, the yeah, author right. of the white paper. So just yeah, Craig Wright can go fuck himself. Yeah, like, that's. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> oh man, I I hope that that stops someday. It's it's yeah. just. Just just giving him headspace is not 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 worthy, so to speak. Like nope. just <laughs> talking about him and thinking about him is already a waste. So exactly uh, anno annoying annoying mosquito that should be squashed, I think. Yep. And and you know what? So that that's why I'm just I'm getting it out of there. We're we're not gonna give him, you know, any more. because uh, we're gonna talk about better, more interesting things. <laughs> but I just figured it had to be said because of the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, some some new some new old drama back in think, the space. I, th I think we'll return to him and people like him in in, in due time uh, because it. I think it relates. You know, um, I think it's a form of Bitcoin derangement syndrome, and I want to talk about that as well. <laughs> yeah, no, we are definitely going to get into it. We're definitely going to get into that. So, okay, the reason why we decided to to have this little chat together um, was really to talk about kind of like how Bitcoin fucks with you mentally. Uh, and, and not necessarily just Bitcoin per se, but just the whole entire space in general, I think. Yeah, exactly right. Like, I think it's um, it's not often discussed, I think. And uh, since we, we are at the beginnings of a bull market, um, definitely, like uh, once we once we broke through the old all-time high, uh, approximately at, at 20K US dollars, um, I, I think it's safe to say, <laughs> even though CNN is saying something different, <laughs> that we're in the bull market again. <laughs> and and I, I think I think both types of markets, both bull and bear markets, can be very, very hard on people mentally. Um, and uh, I, I think I think you can kind of see that, and there are some examples where that is just crystal clear. And I think every Bitcoin also kind of know that's like uh, knows that if you if you went through a whole cycle, you definitely know that if you went through two, then you went through hell anyway. So then <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And um, I think there are so many aspects in in the space that can just completely completely mess your mind up and completely do your head in. And there's also yeah, there there, there are just many. Um, psychological dangers, I would say, and I don't think 
a lot of people necessarily realize that in the beginning. And also, I don't think there's like any support network except for Bitcoin Twitter um, uh, that kind of takes this seriously and uh, is even able to comprehend it and talk about it. So I, yeah, I just want to start the conversation. And um, yeah, if, if anyone like, uh, I, I always love to hear from people. So if, if anyone has a story in that regard, like either <laughs> went through a, a mania or a depression or something like that because of, of Bitcoin or related things, um, yeah, feel free to reach out. And and um, just, I think talking about it is uh, always, is always good to discuss those things and to share those experiences. So I, I totally agree. And we're going to get into um, we're going to get into how Bitcoin, you know, kind of fucks with your head or Bitcoin derangement syndrome, because that I, I I definitely want to dive into. But I could tell you um, my one particular experience that I had, and it's not with Bitcoin. Um, it was specifically when I was shitcoining. Um, I what I did was was that I held on to this one shitcoin for a really long time. Okay, and then I sold it, and I kid you not, the next day, the <laughs> next the next day, um, let let's just put it this way, right? Like let let let's put it this way. I I could have turned I, I could have turned like maybe two thousand bucks into like seventy thousand dollars, okay, <laughs> and. And of course, you know, I was shitcoining, so it was all fiat and I, I didn't really care about my Bitcoin gains, but that would have been more Bitcoin. And I have to be honest, I, I felt, you know, for a good like two, three days, even though I didn't express it outwardly, I, I was sick inside. Um, yeah. That felt it, like it a complete failure. Messes you up. Like, uh, absolutely. Like, <laughs> we, on our previous episode, we talked about our shitcoin past. So, yes. um, if, if, anyone is curious just <laughs> look it up and, and listen to it um, since i also have uh, a, a serious <laughs> shit kind of past um and i i know these feelings very well like you know you you finally decide to drop the bag and then suddenly the green dildos appear and <laughs> and they, they really <laughs> mess you up mentally and it's <clears throat> i think that's one thing but i think just trading in general can completely mess you up. Uh, it's it's so nerve wracking. I've I've traded for a while, uh, not not very successfully, but you know, like I mean, in the bull market, everyone's a genius. So oh yeah, I, I used to be a genius as well, and um, <laughs> it's 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 very hard to realize that all of that is just it's not a productive activity. And it's very straining mentally, and it's just not good for you. It's not good for you <laughs> mentally, and I think it's also not good for you uh, financially. Like, if if you're part of the like 0.1 percent of traders that that truly make a profit, congratulations to you. <laughs> but if you're part of the rest, <laughs> if, if you're part of the 95 percent that get completely wrecked, then uh, yeah, um, you 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 just should take. I think you, it's good to take advice from people that have been around for a long time. And I think pretty much nobody advises you to trade in this space because it's just, uh, yeah, um, you, there is nothing to be traded except for pump and dumps pretty much. <laughs> that's that's also true. not, I, it's, it's not a, a stress-free activity, you know, like timing those kind of things. And no, so it's I not. Think, yeah, I think trading is, uh, if you if you if you can manage to stop trading, you're you're already you're already um, taking a step in the in the right direction. But I think what's so interesting, psychologically speaking, is mm -hmm. that it doesn't matter if you 
are suddenly rich or suddenly very poor, both things can mess you up completely in Bitcoin. Like if 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 you if you for example bought Bitcoin or even set up DCA or something and forgot about it, like it, it happened to many people, you know, like they, they bought like I don't know like ten Bitcoin or or hundred Bitcoin back in the day, and they completely forgot about it, and then they suddenly either log in again or find a wallet or whatever and check because Bitcoin is in the news again and they're suddenly like millionaires, you know, like you're suddenly, suddenly, <laughs> suddenly your life changed completely and that can completely mess you up as well. Like it's, it's, uh, it, I think it almost, it almost doesn't matter, you know, because the, the opposite is also true. Like if you, um, if, if you put a lot of money in <laughs> because you FOMO in and, then suddenly everything crashes for whatever reason. It doesn't matter if you're shitcoining, bitcoining. Like it's, it happened over and over again. You have like 80% drops, uh, you know, like 98% drops and then another 98% drop on, on top of that. And suddenly all your life savings are gone. All, all the money you worked hard for is gone. And um, that's, uh, even if it's just paper gains and you might get it back if you just sit it out, you know, it's insanely hard mentally. And um yeah, I think people really underestimate that how how taxing it it can be. Um, that just uh, yeah, just <laughs> just the fact like the thing is that fundamentally in Bitcoin nothing ever changed. So all the price swings in my mind, you know, they are very artificial. It's just like the the outside view, like the the, the outside view of the world that. The, that the world has on Bitcoin pretty much, you know, it's like well, the inflows and outflows of people and of money. And so you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't drive yourself mad because of it. I think. I, I think you bring up a really good point, right? Uh, I mean, you know, we're, you know, we're not that old, but like, you know, the 1929 crash, like, you know, we've, we've read stories and seen, you know, that, you know, people, you know, jumped out of buildings and stuff like that, you know, and killed themselves and, and don't get me wrong, but you know, the market eventually recovered and it's really it i think it goes to the point you know of uh psychologically what you're explaining um you know it can be absolutely exhilarating seeing those you know seeing those giant green dildos and and it's like it's crazy right and then at the same time you know you can experience like a you know a 80 percent drop and you think it's it's all it's all over but you know and tomorrow's never gonna come but it does like t tomorrow comes and when you I think this kind of goes to the point of um, understanding Bitcoin, I, I believe I. OK, so I, I guess I, I don't know if this is going to be true for everyone, but I think maybe the more you believe it, the less uh, the more sorry, the more you understand about it, um, the more um, you believe in your own conviction about what you've done. And so the price action becomes a very low-level noise kind of in the background as, as you yeah, try to pay absolutely. attention to the big picture, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I, I mentioned that as well in, uh, on the Bloody Friday. Um, like, in Australia, at least, it was already Friday the 13th, um, March of, uh, in the big drop in March um, 2020. Oh, yeah. And... And like Bitcoin dropped finally down to, I think, 3,800, something like that. And um, I said at the time, and you can look it up. It was actually the first one signal live. Uh, so, so there was a get together. <laughs> it was like a psychological support group for Bitcoiners, you know, and uh, Hasma Cook was on there and Brady and 
um, I think Corey as well and some, some other people and uh, I don't remember on the top of my head uh, but <laughs> yeah just a, a bunch of Bitcoiners got together I, I think John Wallis was even on there as well and and we just, you know, like talk through the crash and how everyone was doing and uh, what we think of it and so on and so forth. And at the time I was like, you know, in, in my mind, nothing really happened. Like in cyberspace, nothing happened. It's it's always sunny in cyberspace, you know, like the fundamentals of Bitcoin didn't change. Nothing, you know, like <laughs> SHA-256 didn't get broken. <laughs> we didn't have like a hard fork. We, nothing happened that would be of interest for Bitcoin. It was just the outside world, you know, like uh, COVID hit and uh, like everyone got super scared. And I think everyone uh, tried to get uh, his hand his hands on as much cash uh, and like <laughs> uh, yeah just <laughs> fleeing all the assets and <laughs> buying <laughs> ramen noodles and beans <laughs> and rice and i don't know what guns and ammo and I, I don't know what i think that's that's basically what happened and um yeah i think that's 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 perfectly per perfectly true and very important what you're saying that um i think your level of conviction um is completely tied to your understanding and i think there comes a level of understanding where you can just boil it down to some fundamentals in bitcoin and as long as these fundamentals aren't broken you shouldn't be worried at all and those are like pretty much cryptographic fundamentals and humans are greedy <laughs> that's so and computation takes energy that's like the three fundamentals of, of bitcoin and so i think it's it's uh, you're spot on there that once your understanding is deep enough, um, price becomes a noise completely. And I, I can I can only speak for myself, but I know it's true for for quite a few other Bitcoiners as well. I I completely stopped looking at price charts quite a long time ago. Like um, it's it's uninteresting for me except for memes. You know, my price indicator is. <laughs> memes on twitter <laughs> so i know the price <laughs> and I, I also know the price points after crashes happen and so on because it just gets repeated all the time but i just stopped looking at charts completely and um said about the dca I'm, i've been running out of dca since quite a while now and it's it's the best thing ever like psychologically i think it's the best thing ever and i think i think there is a there is like a, a spectrum and and for me complete bitcoin zen is setting up auto dca not thinking about it anymore doing nothing else that's for me that that is like the one extreme of the spectrum the other extreme is like you know <laughs> trading shit coins to make more bitcoin <laughs> and and you know like if you for example if you buy the dips i think you're already you're already leaving like you're already go, already going through uh, towards the trading spectrum because you never know if a dip is a dip or a crash or whatever you know like you might catch you might be catching blades all the way down so so my my bitcoin zen is I know exactly how much I can spend and how much I can use for DCA. Let's put it like that. And uh, that's what I do. And I, I know I, I'm giving it my all anyway. You know, like I, <laughs> I don't have <laughs> dry powder to buy the tips pretty much. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, that's, that, that's how I see it. And I think it's, it's tied to psychological health as well. Um, I think the, the closer you are to the, to the trading extreme, the harder Bitcoin might be on you psychologically. Oh yeah, I uh, okay. So look, I, a couple of things to what you said. Um, I I agree with those points, but I just want to add, I'm a sucker for charts, and I, I can't <laughs> I can't help I can't help but watch them. 
Uh, it's it, for me, it's like something I always have it on. It's one of my screens always. Um, but you're absolutely right. And I love that mentality of, you know, exactly what the price points are by just looking at your Twitter feed that man, that is way better. So, <laughs> so I, I can, never thought I can of really, that. I can really recommend it. Like, like just ban all the charts from your life, <laughs> ban, ban all the price stickers. I really like uh, Samurai because they don't show the price. And um, like, uh, <laughs> I don't, I, basically, I don't want to see the price <laughs> ever. <laughs> and and um, yeah, it's, it's if, I think if you understood it deeply enough, um, you're, you're kind of playing the accumulation game anyway. And you, you will realize that trading is pretty much impossible and your best strategy is DCA pretty much like um, you know like people are trying to um, trade the large cycles now for example um, I've, I can't tell you if it works you know like Bitcoin is going to do what Bitcoin is going to do I, I, I have no idea if things truly repeat and if you know like if 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 everyone's trading the stock to flow model the stock to flow model by definition doesn't work anymore you know what i mean yeah exactly so, um, it's it's uh, yeah trying to time things trying to um time tops and lows and stuff like that i think it's a it's a dangerous game and it gets you in trading territory and uh, then you're suddenly uh yeah, you, you suddenly <laughs> traded yourself into a lost position and you try to make up for it by trading tr twice as hard, you know, and that's how it starts usually. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. And you just dig that grave even deeper. So you're talking about the uh, the trading and uh, everybody trading that model and how it doesn't work and how timing the market <laughs> is. Um, I, I wanted to add something to that, though, um, because what happens is, is that people... Um, people always feel like they're missing out, right? Like th this is yeah. what happens. Like you see a move and then you think you, you missed out. And then what happens is, is that you start to think that it's possible because people look back at, at previous history and it looks obvious, right? Yeah. Like when you look back, you're like, of course it did that. I should have <laughs> known. But while it's happening, this goes back to that psycho that psychological aspect you're talking about, how Bitcoin fucks with you. But um, it's, it's more how kind of like we mess with ourselves, because while it's happening, right, while the action is happening, th there's a range of emotions that's going on, right, oscillating between fear and greed. Absolutely. And I think that's a very good indicator. Like, that's the only indicator that really works. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. If you're emotional, if you're emotional, you're doing something wrong. I, I, I truly think that's true. Like, you, you, you basically don't really know what's going on. You, do, you don't really know what you're doing. And you're already in dangerous territory if you're, if you're being emotional. Like, if, if you have insane FOMO um, and you, you want to FOMO in, then you're, you're already, like, be very careful if you're emotional. And if you, yeah, if, <laughs> it doesn't matter what kind of emotion. Like, uh, if you're insanely elated or insanely fearful, um, that's, that's not a good, good sign. And I think... That's that's also why I think like um, most people, they it's impossible to to be a good trader because that, that completely messes you up. And there are not that many people that are like stone cold analytical, and you have to be that. And um, so, just be wary. Like if you're getting emotional, also in bull markets at the beginning of bull markets, that uh, you know, like maybe I I don't know sell my house and, <laughs> and put it all into Bitcoin or whatever. I you know like I'm. <laughs> 
if you really want to do that, I'm not stopping you, you know, but if, if it's a super emotional decision, then maybe just take a step back, take a, take a very deep breath or three or five and uh, just really, really try to think through. Like I think emotional buying or selling is just never great. So what you should do, in my opinion, <laughs> so my personal Bitcoin sell is just buying what you can with DCA and just never selling, like sell after hyper-Bitcoinization. And then you don't have to sell because selling for me is selling for fiat, you know, and, and we don't do that. So <laughs> See, after hyper-Bitcoinization, you can just buy your house with a couple hundred Satoshis or whatever, and then that's it. <laughs> I, I, think that's, I think that's a very good point, right? Uh, the reality is, is that, you know, we start to see Bitcoin as our unit of account. So we we yeah, un absolutely. we understand fully that you know we're if you know the the risk is us sitting in fiat, you know. But um, th there was uh, th there was a a point I I wanted to uh, to go back to uh, that that you know that we're talking about because we're we're talking about being emotional. We're talking about making you know difficult monetary decisions um, that are charged with emotion, and, and I think that that kind of goes back to the point of um, knowing yourself, and you know. I think that that's something, at least, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, in school, um, this is something I find is, like, very, it's missing. Like, sure, there's humanities and stuff like that, but, like, no one ever teaches you about how to learn about yourself and knowing yourself, you know? And yeah, I, mm, I'm just I, saying, I think, and you need that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, uh, I, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I think, no, I not think at all. Just, just the concept, like, just, just knowing that personalities are different, for example, and that you can absolutely find out what kind of personality, personality type you are is already very useful. Um, and that's definitely not taught in school. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe if you study psychology or something, then that gets taught. But, um, you know, some, some people are very, very um, aggressive and like to take risks, for example. I think um, most most people that were early in Bitcoin and, and we're still early, so I, I would say most Bitcoiners, for example, um, they're not risk averse, you know, like they, they like to take risks. Yeah. And I also think uh, most Bitcoiners currently, um, they're very, very disagreeable. Like they're, they're very high in disagreeableness because you, you kind of have to, you you like <laughs> if you're, if you're um, conform always conforming and just always with the mainstream you're not in bitcoin right now so so those kind of personality traits um they're quite well defined in in like uh, i think it's called psychonometrics so uh, there is a branch of psychology that actually studies this and you can actually find out what kind of personality you are and that already helps you that um like if you find out that you're a person that just <laughs> is prone to to do super risky things then it can already help you to to kind of <laughs> understand what you're doing you know like if you're <laughs> oh yeah in at the DeFi top or something i don't know <laughs> but it's um yeah it's uh, it's helpful it's definitely helpful and um yeah there there are some sites online where you can also um do proper personality profiles i think even jordan peterson has some of those like i think it's understand myself or something so if anyone wants to do this you can, you can look it up i'm not sure if it's free or not I'm, I'm not sure anymore but um i don't remember on the top of my head but um it's very useful to know those those kind of things but i i think it's it's also important uh, i think you mentioned it before briefly that um <laughs> it's it's always easy to just look at the look at the past and uh, be very mad 
<laughs> at yourself you know <laughs> like you made this kind of mistake and it's it's not only for trading i i actually maybe before we go there i i want to talk about one or two other things that um because we we mostly talked about price now and trading and how it it messes you up yeah once you get very rich or very poor very quickly and that's just what can <laughs> happen in bitcoin like that's what usually happens you have to get very rich or very poor very quickly that's, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's just the side effect of volatility <laughs> and depending on how you how you luckily time it once you once you you get in um one of those two things will happen to you and and both are kind of dangerous like if, if you're super manic because you got so rich and you think you're a genius you, you're bound to make to make mistakes like uh, if you're if you still have the fiat mindset you're going to spend all your money buy a lambo and whatnot and uh yeah if you're getting insanely poor then um yeah you you might have a hard time first of all understanding what's going on and second of all just forgiving yourself and, and getting through it like like you talked about um those that lived through the crash uh, in the stock markets in uh 29 right um so just mm. just surviving it is already hard if if you if you just lost all your money and you're you know like a sailor li likes to talk about it these days it's it's your life force force it's your life and energy it's it's what you managed to save up your whole life and once that is all gone it's it's already a small death and if you did it yourself then it's already a small suicide you that's, know? It's, that's right it's, it's it, it's i think it's especially hard if there's no one else to blame but yourself like if if you mess it up and i think that's um that's something that's unique to bitcoin because there are so many ways to mess things up like people lose private keys all the time people forget to do backups and they lose their hardware wallet or the phone or whatever and and suddenly you know what is now worth i don't know like two hundred thousand us dollars or something is just gone forever and there are some people that just they, they never forgive themselves for those past mistakes and i think i think it's no matter what you did like no no matter what happened to you it's it's you you have to learn how to how to forgive yourself like it's in the past and you were stupid you made a mistake yeah maybe but <laughs> there are so many people that got burned you know there are so many people also that, that got scammed and 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 all the rest of it, you know, and it's still happening. And it will, especially in Bitcoin, it will always be horrible, you know, like back in the day, like Mt. Gox, for example, I have friends that lost like five coins or 10 coins or whatever in Mt. Gox. Back in the day, that was nothing. You know, it was absolutely nothing. Losing five coins in Mt. Gox, it, it was absolutely nothing. It's like <laughs> today, it's not nothing anymore. And I think that this will always be true in Bitcoin. Like I, I believe until fiat money is that this exponential trend will continue and so no matter how how little you fuck up you know like even if it's only a few thousand sets now or let's say you know like ten thousand hundred thousand sets whatever it's it's not too much money for someone having a regular job in the western world and it will be one day and you have to learn to forgive yourself for losing this money uh, or getting scammed or entering your private keys on a web page or <laughs> yeah, losing your hardware wallet. There, there are like a million things that can go wrong. <laughs> exactly. And I think you bring up a good point, you know, about needing to forgive yourself. And, and I think, you know, in order to be able to do that, you have to love yourself. You know, like there's I, I think that, you know, not enough people out there, you know, realize like, you know, you're at, you know, the forefront of, you know, the future, you know, like the, the future of money, right? That's happening right now. You're in the middle of this, uh, of this essentially value, um, th this whole value revolution. And it's like, 
yeah, people are going to make mistakes and we are people and we make mistakes. And what we do is we learn from the failure, right? It, I, I always remind myself this, like we never want to let the failure become a wall that we can't climb over, you know? And, yeah, and that's what happens when, yeah. you, when you don't forgive yourself. You create yeah. a wall. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think I think you, I mean, you know, it takes a lot. Like there, there are some heartbreaking stories out there where just, you know, like you, you, you just want to, move your coins from from your cold storage or something and uh yeah you mess it up somehow and uh the coins are suddenly inaccessible or what have you you know like they're like the i think what's so unique about bitcoin is exactly that you have the responsibility and then that there is no one to help you and and call you so so you have to kind of (laughs) um make sure that you're doing things right and uh, call for help beforehand, you know, like talk to some of your Bitcoin friends, like that uh, you, you want to make exactly sure that you're doing things right and that you're not being stupid and messing something up and uh, stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's difficult and it's, it's exactly right. Like um, you, you, I think you, you have to, to, yeah, you have to love yourself to forgive yourself. At least you, you, you must not hate yourself. You know, like it's, it's very easy to hate yourself uh, if, if you mess something up. And uh, yeah, I think the easiest way to show yourself some love is just to, you know, start start stacking again, start, set up an auto DCA plan for your future self. Love you, love your future future self. <laughs> yep. Even if, even if you lost it all, you're still very early. You know, like it's. Uh, it's not too late to start over again, so to speak. Uh, I don't wish that on anyone, but I just wanted to point it out because I think there, there are many, many, many no-coiners, especially the super salty ones. They were in Bitcoin once and somehow messed it up, lost it all, traded it away or, or, or sold it or whatever. And, and they, now they think they missed the boat. Everyone thinks they missed the boat always. Like it's, it's, and, and it's always that... true and it will always be true. Like on an exponential curve, you will always miss the boat no matter when you start. Like okay. you, it will always feel like that. That's how Bitcoin, that's one of the ways in which um, Bitcoin fucks with your head. I, I swear, yeah. I, I kid you not. Um, I've, I, can, I can honestly say that that is absolutely true, even from a, you know, from a, a person that's in Bitcoin. Um, yeah. it, it's like, even, you know what? I, I may or may not hold Bitcoin and I feel like I've missed the boat. Yeah. you know <laughs> like it's Me like too. you know what i mean it's like it, it that's exactly what it is and yeah. i can tell you some new people that i got in recently and that is one of the ways that bitcoin absolutely screws you with your head people who got in at 30 dollars feel like they've missed the boat <laughs> like, yeah that there's people there's people that uh that that said they, they missed everything because they got in at 20 cents you know like it's it, it's ridiculous it's all of it is ridiculous <laughs> like it's and, and it, it keeps is. proving and if you, if you yeah, if you, if you look back in the old forums, there truly are people that say, that, oh man, I missed it, now I pumped to 20 cents or something like that. 20 cents a coin, you know, like not not, not, not a Satoshi, but <laughs> 20 cents a, a whole Bitcoin, you know? Oh and my God. 100 million sets for 20 cents. So yeah, um, it's really wild. And and I mean, I can, uh, um, I want to talk about that and I think I can talk about that because it all happened to me as well. Like I, I truly had to forgive myself because I, I would have been in a position to get in really early, like like super early, and I, I just completely missed it. I completely missed it. I dismissed it, and I I, I love that some of my friends that got in, or some of my coworkers rather, and um, it's I I just I didn't understand it. I I I didn't believe that it was possible. Um, it took me a very long time to to actually 
look into it deeper and dip my toes in and so on. And yeah, I, as, as I said in the in, the, in our shitcoin episode as well, I made all the mistakes except for cloud mining. That's the only one I didn't do, but <laughs> every, every other mistake I made. So um, yeah, it's 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 hard sometimes to to think about those things. But I think you 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 just you must not be too hard on yourself. It's it's you know again you're still early and there's plenty of time and there's also I think I think just. Uh, what really helped me personally is to shift my perspective from um, trying to time something and just basically gamble with uh, fixed some amount of money and just try to time the entry, so to speak. Um, mm -hmm. I, I was like, I my my main realization was like, when when I am when I am useful, society will hopefully reward me with whatever money there is around, and I will just take a part of that and I will buy Bitcoin with it and I can do that for a very long time you know like that that's that's easy to do <laughs> I like that I like so that. and I think I think that's also the the, the plat mentality so to speak you know like there, there are people uh, um, it doesn't matter what you do I mean just uh, look at uh, <laughs> he always comes to mind as the perfect example as uh, Stony Bitson like he he yeah he built stone walls and he's really good at it he makes a fuck ton of money with it I, I assume I mean he's building fucking large walls and and he he's doing that all day listening to Bitcoin podcasts and, and stacking his balls up and that's that's the that's the perfect approach you know like you're you're useful you're you not everyone has to <laughs> going to Bitcoin full time and and just you know learn to code and and whatnot to be a core com contributor or something I mean that's ridiculous but it's uh, just yeah try to do your thing and I think that also helps really I think that's where Auto DCA comes in and it really helps because once you have this mindset it it pretty much doesn't matter what you do like you will earn some income at least and if you if you manage I think everyone can save a little bit, you know, just stop smoking and you have like, I don't, I don't even know the prices, but let's say 20 bucks a week or 50 bucks a week or whatnot. And maybe you drink a little bit less or you stop drinking altogether. And suddenly, suddenly you have a lot of money to spend, you know, and uh, you can definitely save that money and save that in Bitcoin. And the easiest way I think psychologically to do that is just not, not just not manually buy at all. Just set up auto DCA. You're, you're, you know, you can spend, let's say 20 bucks, 20 bucks a week i think pretty much everyone listening to that can spend that just set it up forget about it do that for do that for five years and you'll you'll have some sets man you'll have some sets and looking back you'll be happy that you did it and yep. and your future self will will th thank you and you you won't have to suffer th through all the <laughs> you know like 21 million ways that bitcoin can fuck your head up and we, <laughs> oh we mentioned God. some of them but but there are way more, you know, like I, I as, as I said in the beginning, I think I, I want to talk about also about uh, Bitcoin derangement syndrome, because that's 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 something well, that's definitely um, like unique to Bitcoin. But please go ahead. I was going to say before we get into the Bitcoin derangement syndrome, I just wanted to touch back on the because, uh, you know, we're having a bit of a confession hour here. So having some some forgive <laughs> some forgiveness of self. So I, I figured I, I would share my my situation where I had to forgive myself um, very much like you. I was introduced to Bitcoin very early on because I've always I've, I've always been a techie. Um, I mean, in, in my, uh, I guess I'd say in my adult life, right? Because I, I went to network administration when I was uh, 20 years old and I became a network admin and from there I specialized. But anyways, I've always, I've always had an interest besides my job, my personal life, I've always had an interest in technology. So um, 
been friends with people who are fairly underground. And one of my friends was a uh, was a, a, a like kind of a, a dish uh, like a dish hacker, you know, like uh, one of those people mm-hmm. who reprograms the dishes back when that was a thing. Um, I don't know if that still is, but uh, anyways. Um, you know, he told me about this, this internet money that was, that, that was, uh, that had just come out. And I, I honestly, uh, I'd like, like you, I did not understand it. Um, and I didn't, to be honest, I didn't care to understand it. I just thought it was complete bullshit and I just wrote it off. And, (laughs) and then of course, right. Three years later, you end up hearing the news, you know, and this and that. And then, um, to be perfectly honest, when I first really got into it in like late 2015, 2016, and this was uh, using it as a medium of exchange, um, I was I didn't even know about the value proposition of Bitcoin yet. I did not think of anything outside of medium of exchange. And I was like, this is yeah. a, this is amazing. And then when I started to learn in 2017 was really when I consider that I got into Bitcoin. That's when I had to forgive myself because I, yeah. I had realized at that moment um, my absolute stupidity, um, that like, I actually had an opportunity to, to change, you know, my life and possibly the people, you know, my family's life. And I fucked it up because I was, I I was, you know what? I was too quick to judge and, and I was lazy. Yeah, me too. Same, like same story, pretty much. Like, um, I, I, I thought I knew it all. Um, I, I, I just, I, I was finishing my um, uh, master's degree in computer science and I was thinking about doing a PhD actually and I thought I knew those kind of problems and computers and stuff like that and so internet money just uh, the way uh, I thought I understood it back then or I just heard of it because uh, yeah some some of my friends were just mentioning it in passing pretty much um, and uh, I was like, like that's complete bullshit. Can never work. Will be hacked and so on and so forth. Like all the all the regular arguments. And yeah, you. I mean, <laughs> it's very easy to just kick yourself all the time. You know. Yeah, exactly. And, but it's 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 also. I think the more people talk about it, um, there there are like <laughs> a handful of people, like literally four or five people in the world. I think that got it immediately. <laughs> it's true. Everyone else went through the same shit. <laughs> so don't be hard on yourself. <laughs> Even some of the best people in Bitcoin, they they dismissed it completely at first and so on and so forth. Like it's, uh, you you had to be very, very close to the flame to kind of immediately immediately get it. And even even if you were like some, some people dismissed it still and thought it couldn't work and so on and so forth. Like it's, yeah, it, it's just, it seems to be the way it goes with Bitcoin. You dismiss it first and then you need a second touch point and the third and maybe a fourth. Yep. And then suddenly uh, you're like, holy shit, this actually works and it's still not that. And then you start <laughs> to begin to understand how it works and then it, then it blows your brains out again. That's another thing. That's by the way, that's another way how it can mess up your mind completely. And that I, I have <laughs> a lot of experience with that <laughs> personal experience. Um, Bitcoin is such an abstract thing. It's like those people studying mathematics very deeply, you know, like studying infinities and the uh, various types of infinities and, and, and whatnot. Um, uh, those people tend to get crazy over time, you know, and it's very hard to distinguish between a crazy mathematician and a genius mathematician. <laughs> it's true. You know the line I mean? is blurred. Yeah, the line is very blurry. It's very and blurry. I think that's true in Bitcoin as well, and and I think you see that from from time to time uh, that that Bitcoin literally drives people mad. I think in part because of its very abstract and also mathematical nature, and just just because of the fact that um, 
nothing like it ever existed before. So it's 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 ridiculously hard hard to understand, kind of, you know. And uh, it's also it's not very easy to isolate, like trying to understand Bitcoin very um, um, like with with a method behind it, like you would dissect something and just look at the individual parts it, it doesn't really work you have to understand it holistically that's right <laughs> you, know? and you have to understand it all at once and that's, that's so funny because because there is a point there's a point in bitcoin where it clicks and it, it, it like <laughs> i think there are different levels to that but but there there's a, definitely a point in bitcoin where it clicks for you the first time and it almost blows your brains out because it's so it's so ingenious and you can definitely tell you, you can differentiate between the people where where it clicked already and where it didn't click yet and i think that's so that's so funny <laughs> that you can you can definitely tell if you talk to people so oh, okay okay uh, you might be interested in bitcoin and you might have some bitcoin but it didn't click for you yet that's because right <laughs> that's right and you know what this is a this is a perfect segue into uh bitcoin derangement syndrome um, yeah absolutely so yeah. okay so let's i i i have to be honest i've heard it many times Let, let's i guess let's provide a, a definition for for Bitcoin derangement <laughs> syndrome. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I think That's I don't think definition. there is a good. I, I I don't think there is a good definition. But I think what what's happening with Bitcoin derangement syndrome is there are some people that try to change Bitcoin and go against the nature of Bitcoin. And Bitcoin is uh, I think Breloff termed um, this phrase the, the uncorruptible substance. And I think it's really true. You know, like Satoshi wrote as well. Um, that the design um, was set in stone with version one, pretty much, and uh, it's 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 really an unchanging beast. Like I always say, that the soul of Bitcoin doesn't change. Like there, there, there are some um, there's a subset of consensus rules that just is not allowed to change because the, otherwise we would have a, a hard uh, a hard fork. And I think that the meta rule in Bitcoin is kind of we we will never <laughs> have a hard fork ever unless it means Bitcoin dies. And so, so you have you have like this, this soul of this thing that that stays fixed, and some people don't like this and they want to change it. And I think if you want to, <laughs> if you if you want to corrupt the incorruptible substance, you're just bound to fail. And if you don't accept that, I think it will it will just completely derange you and i think you know we saw that with roger Ver. we we see it with uh, the guy we mentioned in the very beginning that's right <laughs> and and we saw it a bunch of other times and uh uh yeah i i think it will happen over and over again i i think there will always be people and maybe also um like parts of industry maybe companies that try to change bitcoin to their liking and um, if history is any indication, they will always fail, and some people will not survive that failure, and they will just they will make this <laughs> their life's mission, and they will feel cheated and betrayed, and um, they will hate Bitcoin for it. And I think, yeah, it's just one other way how Bitcoin can completely fuck your head up <laughs> if you just <laughs> try to change it too hard. <laughs> so I. I think it's interesting that that you you know that that you point that out if you try to change it too hard. So, okay, so essentially these people, right? The uh, you know the examples that that we gave of uh, you know um, Roger and uh, the other asshat. Um, so these people focused in on one particular thing about Bitcoin that they felt was the entirety of Bitcoin, and then essentially when Bitcoin wouldn't change to what they wanted it to be. They went off and made their own and pretended that that was Bitcoin. Like th this yeah, is, th I think th that's right. Yeah, 
you know like that to me is 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 what it is you know it's i i'm i'm playing pretend you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what i think this goes back to a point that you made earlier about bitcoin having you know so many facets right because um there's the philosophical aspect there's the technical aspect um there's obviously the um you know the financial aspect it's it's got it, it has at least you know 3 to 5 faces that i could think of that you need to kind of master before it clicks or not necessarily master but understand yeah simply yeah i th i think it's true yeah i think i think you kind of have to uh, at least have 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 a, a rather solid like it doesn't have to be very very deep but you you have you need to have a solid understanding of the various parts um so you can make sense of the of the whole thing and um i think also that um some people wrote about that how how the the narratives changed around bitcoin and i think it's basically the the nature of bitcoin changing over time because just depending on um yeah the adoption rate and the amount of liquidity the network network have it, it it just changes it just changes changes things you know like we went from uh andreas in the very beginning talked about you know like um <laughs> like pretty much instant and and free um <laughs> internet money so to speak you know like um and a lot of talk about micropayments in the early days as well and stuff like that and i think all of that will come you know like don't don't please don't misunderstand me i think all of that will be um will be built uh, on top of bitcoin but i think it's it's very i think for that reason it's very hard to define bitcoin to define to 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 truly say what bitcoin is because it's also also always changing so be very dangerous uh, be be very <laughs> i think it's very dangerous and be wary of people uh, that try to define bitcoin too um too narrowly and i think we see that happen happen again now i think with all the macro people coming in you yep. only see it as a store of value you that's know? right and that's simply that's simply not true it's it's like uh, i i I, uh, I mentioned that recently uh, let's see if i can do it in english because i did it in german and <laughs> let's see if i can do it on the fly but <laughs> no i um I, I i said something like it's it's very similar to looking at digital information in general and looking at the internet and looking at computers and saying that, oh man, digital information, like the whole IT revolution, it's so revolutionary because with digital information, you have error correction and with error correction, you can store data perfectly. You will never have any degradation, you know, like you, you the only thing that's, that's why DNA works so beautifully because it, it has an error correction mechanism built in, you know, like the copies of DNA, they are, they're amazingly perfect. <laughs> and, and with the computer, it's even more true because you can have truly, truly perfect copies and you can always be sure that the copying process was 100%. You, you can, you, hmm. you can mathematically prove integrity. And so, the only perfect data storage is di digital data storage. You know, like you, it, it doesn't matter what you build. Even even the great pyramids will break down compared to digital information because you can make sure that the information stays intact. And if you have atoms, you cannot make sure of that. And so you could you could assume that, uh, oh man, now we have this digital information and now we have the IT revolution. So it's the perfect data storage. And that's basically what the macro, macro guys are saying now. You know, like they're missing half of the picture. The internet is great for data storage as well and computers are great for data storage but they are also great for communication you know like it's it's only literally only one half of the coin and uh, <laughs> so i i think you know it's a mistake to define bitcoin purely as a store of value um even I though i agree even though i agree with with the assessment of the macro people you know that <laughs> store of value is the, the most important 
thing right now and will will be for for several years and and so on and so forth and you you need to have this um solid base of people basically being on the bitcoin standard before um a lot of exchange and and can happen and circular economy can arise out of that and so on um but but still you know like bitcoin defining bitcoin it's it's a dangerous business <laughs> i would say i have a question for you um because you're talking about the uh, the macro point of view and these people coming into bitcoin and only seeing you know bitcoin through their lens and it just made me think um what would bitcoin derangement syndrome look like um from macro people because right now i mean let's be honest okay like i mean roger ver is just roger ver and the other one and <laughs> the other one is you know the other one like they're, they're not really like they're, they're just like randoms right you know they're, they're just like mm. randoms they're not blackrock they're, they're not goldman sachs you know what i mean they're not jp morgan yeah, yeah, so yeah. so i'm just trying to think like like what would what would derangement syndrome look like coming from a corporation like that because like for example grayscale right um, uh, you know, they hold, what is it? Something like f over 460,000 Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Not that they can, not that they can really do anything about it, but like, because they'd have to get consensus from all the node operators and all that shit. And let's be honest at the end of the day, that's not going to happen, but I'm just trying to think like, how would the Bitcoin derangement syndrome manifest from them? Like, what would that look yeah. like? You think? Uh it's a very interesting question and it's obviously like impossible to answer, but um, it's... <laughs> we can think about it. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, I, I think it's, it's already happening to some degree. Um, and because, interesting. Um, because, you know, like I, I, I love the phrase, uh, Bitcoin is different things to different people because it's so insanely true. And uh, we can see that play out right now because, uh, for example, even Michael, Sa Michael Saylor, he, he said some things where the Bitcoin community wasn't really happy about it uh, in terms of, you know, we have to, uh, I'm paraphrasing because I don't actually remember what he said, but, uh, but he basically said we have to play nice with governments and regulators as well. And that's definitely not true. Like that's not in the nature of Bitcoin. Bitcoin <laughs> despises regulation. It's built because of it. Like <laughs> Bitcoin is built in, in that complicated <laughs> roundabout yes. way to, so that it cannot be regulated. So we definitely don't have to play nice with regulators. I'm not saying, you know, like that um, all like BlackRock and MicroStrategy have to <laughs> become <laughs> cypherpunk um, uh, you know, anarchists and and just go like burn everything down and fuck the system. Um, those are not the people that, that are going to do that, but um, there are people in Bitcoin that will do that and Bitcoin allows for that, definitely. And so I think we can already see the tension between, um, it's again, you know, like it's the, it, it's, it's the, the same tension is playing out between uh, those who want to see way more privacy on the Bitcoin side um, right now on the base layer and the number go up store of value crowd. It's the same tension, you know, like it's, it's, yeah. um, it's two different views of Bitcoin. And in my opinion, both are equally valid. And over time, we will see what kind of views tend to be more important. You know, like I think Bitcoin is a, an organic reactive system. So I think the fiat money uh, is so broken right now and inflation is so off the rails right now. I, I tend to believe that in the next couple of years the the store of value number go up 
narrative will be more important. But we also have, we still, we're still living, all of us are still living in a surveillance state and the NSA still operates, operates in the same way as, <laughs> as it did operate when Snowden was working there still. And so privacy technology will become increasingly important and it will become especially important in Bitcoin. And so all of it is important. Uh, but those two narratives are in, conf in conflict with each other because if you want to, if you want to have big institutions um, getting into Bitcoin, Bitcoin cannot at the same time be um, yeah, dark market money pretty much even though it is you know it mind you it is <laughs> it still is, it dark, is. Mar dark and gray market money <laughs> it also always will be if it isn't bitcoin has failed and big institutions come in you know but the narratives cannot exist at the same time so when the when when most people talk about bitcoin they will they will tend to stick to one narrative and uh, so i think i think um, to to answer your question i think if large corporations in the us for example want to get together and regulate Bitcoin and regulate things like custody and want to, um, I don't know, I'm just pulling stuff out of my ass, you know, but yeah, want to course. make certain transaction types illegal, for example. Um, uh, and I think in the long run, they will lose out. And that can be like one, one um, type of quote unquote Bitcoin derangement syndrome that just everything that is innovative in the space and uh, actually does business will leave those jurisdictions that outlaw certain types of interactions with the Bitcoin network and those companies will suffer for it. And, you know, when, when there's a lot of suffering, there's a lot of butthurt and when there's a lot of butthurt, there's a lot of salt and where there's a lot of salt, <laughs> there is a lot of Bitcoin arrangements in the room. I think that's just how it goes. Oh my God. Um, I, I, I agree with that. Um, but you, you also made me think of this, right? how essentially, okay, so, you know, Bitcoin builds on the store of value narrative right now. Um, and that's how it spreads right now. More people yeah. end up holding Bitcoin. And as a result, it turns out that now they can take, as you know, they can take their wealth with them everywhere in the world. Yeah. Um, it's really simple. So I, I think that Bitcoin is going to start to disrupt the, uh, the employment markets. Um, because, well, the localization of employment, I should say, because you just, um, because you'll be able to, you'll be able to work, uh, more remotely and it won't matter where you work because you'll be able to spend your Bitcoin. Like you won't always have to, I believe that at some point you will not need to exchange your Bitcoin into all these local currencies and you'll be able yeah, to, yeah. and you'll be able to get your services. So I think that that's going to make people kind of move. Obviously they're going to move to Bitcoin friendly I, I, I believe that they're going to move to Bitcoin-friendly states, Bitcoin-friendly countries. Um, yeah, I think so too, yeah. I know. think definitely Bitcoiners will, will do that. Like, I think it's already happening as well. Like, um, yeah. There are some Bitcoiners that moved already because of, <laughs> uh, yeah, for, for all kinds of reasons. Um, but you, you know the saying, like, money, uh, money wants to go where it's treated best. And I think the same is true for Bitcoin and for Bitcoiners. So, um, yeah, if, if you, like, <laughs> so the best example is New York, the bit license, you know, like, not too many Bitcoin companies in New York. Nope. <laughs> so, <laughs> so everyone's moving to Texas now and, and, and so on, you know, and uh, similar things are happening in Europe as well and um, uh, there are some there are some good places for for Bitcoiners and yeah we'll see we'll see how the future brings but I, I want to actually um, you made me think of something how how those things are related because in actuality all of it is related all the time and for example um, 
the store of value thesis of Bitcoin only holds if the censorship resistant thesis of Bitcoin holds. They're the same thing. You know, the, the, the supply cap of 21 million is enforced because of the censorship resistant nature. It, it, it truly is like it's the same thing. It's, it's, you cannot disentangle those two. If, if, if Bitcoin, like if, if the censorship resistant nature of Bitcoin is removed and censorship resistant nature of Bitcoin, we have the censorship resistance because everyone can run a node and you don't need anything to mine. You only need a power source and a communication link. You, you, like you need a satellite dish and um, a waterfall, you know, like that's all you need. <laughs> and you can do it everywhere. Like you, you need some they're mining at, at the Arctic Circle now, you know, like they, they have free right. geothermal energy and they have some shitty internet probably. And <sighs> it's perfectly fine. They're mining in the jungle, you know, like they have, they have stranded hydroelectric power. And, and like you couldn't think of two more different spaces, you know, like it's, it's, <laughs> it's true. way, 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 way below freezing <laughs> at the Arctic Circle. It's super humid and hot <laughs> in the jungle. And both both areas are mining very successfully. And that's like that's that's the censorship resistant nature of Bitcoin. Um, because Bitcoin allows for that, it is censorship resistant. And the censorship resistance is the only thing that that um, allows for the 21 million hard cap. Because if we would have like uh, concentrated, um, like, you know, like at the fiat system, 12 people that decide what the rules are, then it, it won't stick with 21 million. It no, of course with not. 21 million because there will always be crazy people in the basements that have nodes running and they, they will die over this. That's why, that's why it's like those two narratives are way more closely related than people realize you can you kind of remove the one and and still have the other and so um yeah i just want to point it out and 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 um to loop it back to the to the psychological kind of problems this brings i i would just say try not to wet yourself too strongly to certain narratives and to your idea what do you think that bitcoin is um because historically <laughs> People that really did that, they all went insane. <laughs> they did, and it's yeah, it's true. <laughs> and so, 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 uh, I think I think Lop had this tweet a while ago as well. Like the the first step to understanding Bitcoin is um, realizing that you don't understand Bitcoin. And I think you know along the same lines that try just not to define Bitcoin. It's it, a beauty on set. It really beautiful as well. You know, like Bitcoin is, and that is enough. Yep. You know, like you you don't have to you don't have to try to tell yourself what Bitcoin is. It, it, Bitcoin simply is, it simply exists. And we will see where the journey goes as well. You know, like it's it's not clear yet what, what Bitcoin might become and how it how it changes over time. It's it's still very early days. That's you know, that that's a really good point. And yeah oh sorry about that. <laughs> um you know the the thing is is that um that was one of my problems, especially at the beginning, was, you know, sticking so closely to my narrative. See, so this goes back to the whole thing about how humans think, right? So you have an idea, you know, something like that. Like, you know, take, for example, religious belief, right? Um, you know, you're taught it from a very young age or whatever it is. And eventually, your mind, you start to take ownership of these ideas. Like, you've created them. They, they become yours, in a way, even though they're not. Okay. And this is, I think this is the problem with the narratives is, is that, you know, you've got these people that decide, you know, like it's, they, they put, um, they put energy into owning these narratives 
And then when it comes time to realizing that it was, you know, built on this, um, essentially the, a falsehood, right? Because it, it wasn't correct. That's not all that Bitcoin is. It wasn't just this one word in the white paper that you decided, okay? Or it wasn't this one paragraph that you decided. And at that point, you know, this is where the person begins to, you know, go down that line that you're talking about, where they get frustrated, they get angry, they get salty, <laughs> and they become Bitcoin deranged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely like it's <laughs> again i think you just you just have to be careful with those kind of things and and also um yeah to to go back to what we said before just just don't uh i, th I think again I, I've, I've said this over and over and over again but i think matt has the the most amazing memes in the bitcoin space with the most yep. um amount of truth in them and you know like his saying um stay hum stay humble success the stay humble part is really important and it's important from the beginning all the way through <laughs> like that's it's right. always important because if i would have been more humble in the beginning when i first heard of bitcoin um just like you know you know like i i maybe i wouldn't have dismissed it so quickly and i think you know just just the humbleness of of knowing that you don't know what bitcoin is actually <laughs> the humbleness of of knowing that you don't understand it all i think i think it helps to to stay sane and stay psychologically healthy that uh you know like it's because if you're sure if you're sure that you're right and for example the market disagrees with you uh, or what have you like it, it doesn't matter like or the narratives disagree with you it doesn't matter what disagrees with you <laughs> if you're like <laughs> so insanely sure that you know it all and and you're always right um you will probably suffer for it and so staying humble is like the best advice ever it's also true it's also true i think the way matt means it mostly is don't overextend yourself you know like don't, that's right don't 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 <laughs> don't sell both your kidneys and <laughs> fall in at the top it's just not a good strategy <laughs> no exactly it's not you know and you got to stay mentally flexible right and that's part of being humble you know like um i i always i always think of the analogy with the cup you know the the cup that's full when a cup is full you know it doesn't have any room for anything else. So <laughs> yeah, the, there is a saying, right? That um, to make room for the new tea, you have to get rid of the old tea or something like that. Bingo. Metaphor. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, so that, that is part of humility, right? You have to have, you, you, you have to have the, the wisdom to understand that you don't understand everything entirely. And as, and as a result, you can you can be open to new ideas to explore them. You don't necessarily have to agree with them or disagree, right? There doesn't have to be a judgment. You can simply look at something objectively and learn about it. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think I think also um, to to loop back to something I was saying earlier, I think just try try to try to remove yourself um, as best as you can. That really helps with staying humble, and I think that's that's also um, why why I'm so in love with Bitcoin Zen. You know, like just <laughs> if you <laughs> if you if you know exactly your your kind of budget and you you can set up auto DCA where, where it doesn't hurt, and you just go about your day, um, then you're humble by default. You know, if you don't even have to have the option to form in at any point or or something like that. And uh, so again, I I can really recommend it. Um, of course, you know it goes without saying. I'm I'm just I'm just a dog on the internet, so <laughs> this is not financial advice. But <laughs> I I really think I really think it's it's underappreciated. 
I, I think I've said this before. I, it was the best decision in my Bitcoin life. And 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 speaking of of the Bitcoin life, I think um, to uh, the the last point I, I really want to hit home um, hit on and, and drive home is um, I think Bitcoin is so can be so hard on people psychologically because it's still so early that if you're listening to this, that there's a high chance that you're the only one in your group of friends that is a Bitcoin nut. <laughs> and so you probably don't have too many people to talk about it. At least for me, that was the case. You know, like um, it's, 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 it's especially hard if you're going through whatever mental problems you might have because of a bull market or a bear market or because you lost coins or whatever, or, or you got scammed or, or you got into shit coining. It's all the same. <laughs> it's all, it's all hell. And you have nobody, nobody to, to talk about, to talk about that and talk it through and just share your experience and so on. I think that's also why Bitcoin Twitter is so important and, and so, so large and so important for many people, because it, it truly is like an, you know, it's like online group of friends, online support group, call it what you will. It's like, it's also a pub and <laughs> it's, it's all of it combined, you know? And so I, I yeah, I would say if, if, if you're struggling with, with some, some of the things that we mentioned and uh, again, you know, like you're probably not, uh, not going through, through the largest amount of hell right now, but I think it's also important to point out just, you know, like, again, we're at the start of a bull market. It's not out of the question that Bitcoin, like, 10 access or 20 access, um, like, you know, like something in, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, in the next, you know, like 10, 12, 18 months, something like that. And as we said in the very beginning, this can really fuck you up as well. Like it, it can, it can mess with your mind. Just, um, it, it's wild. And so try to build yourself a support network and it doesn't matter if it's random people on, on, on Bitcoin Twitter, you know, like, uh, we're, we're still like Bitcoin is still so small um, that most people are super friendly, super open. There are lots of great Telegram groups, and there are so many great pe people on on Bitcoin Twitter. Just yeah, don't 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 be too shy and reach out to people. Try to try to make some friends. Try to talk to some people. And uh, if you can go to go to meetups, go to conferences. It's really great. Like meeting Bitcoiners in real life, it's the best best thing ever. Like and we're still overdue, man, because of fucking COVID. Um, so if you if you have a way to start a meetup or attend a meetup or, or meet some other people or have a friend that's willing to listen to you and you can <laughs> talk talk Bitcoin maybe to 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 them then that's great as well. So I would really urge everyone to to have a strong support network in place because you never know what happens next in Bitcoin and you might need some need some shoulders to cry on and, and some some <laughs> ears that are willing to listen. Some wise words, man. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, all right, man, this has just flown by. Do you have, uh, is there anything else that, uh, that we want to touch on? Yeah, no, I think, I think I, I think I said everything I, I wanted to say. Uh, again, <laughs> like I, <laughs> I, uh, if, like if anyone has something to share, like my DMs are open. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I, I'm, <laughs> you know, like, even though it's really funny because uh, my follow account uh, um, grew exponentially with the Bitcoin price as well. So I'm, I'm not the smallest fish in the pond anymore, but I'm still, I'm still like, I'm, st I'm still just such a nobody and such a pleb. I, it, <laughs> I still can read every DM. So don't, don't be afraid <laughs> to DM me. <laughs> I'm not Andreas Antonopoulos, you know, like no. he probably, <laughs> it would probably be like two full-time jobs to, to do that. But um, yeah, no, again, like, um, 
what I said before about the support network. Don't don't be afraid to reach out to people and talk about things. And uh, yep. yeah, just uh, I, I'm I'm happy to to um, talk to people and and listen to their stories and also also connect people. You know, like um, the, the everyone who has been in Bitcoin for a while, um, everyone knows everyone kind of I think and <laughs> so if you're looking for meetups in the Europe area I, I probably can connect you to some people or something and uh, yeah so I, I hope this was helpful for some people um, it was definitely fun to talk about it I think I totally agree man this was absolutely amazing Dergigi you are awesome thank you so much for uh, thanks for having me <laughs> man it was really good man this was a great chat I really appreciate it yeah, important topic. So thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about it. Absolutely, man. All right, then. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Take care. You too. I hope you guys liked that show. Um, if you want to contact her, Gigi, his uh, details will be in the show notes. As always, if you want to reach out to me on Twitter or Telegram, I am at CoinIcarus. If you want to shoot me an email, I am CoinIcarus at funwithbitcoin.com. Thank you all for listening. Catch you next time.